Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Redman Radio. It is brand new format. We're calling this number one. We got to 100 last week. Uh, we'll, as discussed as well, we'll go back to the historic number when we get to like 200 or 250 again. But um, yeah, I am Paul Machen, as always, joined by Chris Payjack, uh, and this week joined by Mr. Simon Fletcher. Hello. We were just saying that me and Bailey are probably under a bit of scrutiny here, aren't we? Mm, absolutely, not just from the viewers either. Like serious <laughs> pressure. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, we've got to, we've got to justify adding us to the podcast, yeah. and the fact that, that we're facing you two was so much pressure. Really, we're, we're, it's not about you; it's about us doing our own channel. Mm. Yeah. Just remember no, that. Fair. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Bailey Shaw. You always remember that as well. <laughs> as well. You can't have the you can't have the new channel without me and Bailey doing this podcast. Yeah. So. So as mentioned, yeah, and we mentioned this last week as well, Chris and I have got a brand new YouTube channel where we're going to be taking the me and him podcasty format and, and, and blowing it up. Less Liverpool, more football, more just random, uncensored bollocks. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll put the link to that and make sure you go over there and subscribe. We, but we said last week if we got to 1,000, we released the content and then we got 1,000 in about two minutes. Um, so we've said 10,000 for the first podcast, 10,000 subscribers. So if you're watching this and you're not subscribed and you're like me and Chris and you want more, Get involved on that channel, simple as. Uh, Kick-off question, Chris, I'll come to you first. Uh, Tom Blount. Um, how many of you fell for the Van Dyke injury rumour slash April Fools? And in general, I'll blow it up to, did anyone see any April Fools that got them this year? Actually, no. I, I Normally I do, yeah. but no, not this year. I was on it. You, were, you I noticed you were on the Aguero one because yeah. it was the whole Aguero for a season thing and you were like not believing this on, on April Fool's. No chance. Yeah. No chance. Not this year. There is a chance most years, mm. to be fair. Like, But I, I I knew the date. It was a rare occasion when I actually know the date. Yeah. I, I was trying to get Ross to do one, but you've got to be subtle enough with it. Like saying Van Dyke's injured, that was too obvious for me. I was just like, ah, that's stupid. Yeah. I, I saw a good one. You know that Jim Painter guy? Yeah. And so he takes requests from um, Jim Will uh, Painter. He's on uh, Twitter and Facebook and yeah. stuff. He takes requests of like crazy scenes that people want, and he and he does them on Microsoft Paint. He said, "I've finally taken the plunging ball Photoshop. Here's me, here's me latest one." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh!" And then I just the first comment, "I'm not falling for that." I was like, "Oh, I don't oh, I'm for him. Fell for oh, it. Yeah. The best one I saw was Tom Brady. You know, the American football player. Did he he put out that he was account? retiring. Yeah, he made a Twitter, Twitter account for this for that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. People lost their heads, like, because because he's forty two by the time the next season starts. I think so. People were like, "No!" And Gronk is just retired as yeah. well, so that would have killed them. Mate, there was mass fume about that. The one. one I one of the ones I saw, I didn't fall for, but I I think they've got to be quite elaborate. So you think about was it match or shoot from the eighties where they had Ian Rush in an Everton yeah. shirt, yeah. Mm. and it was like 
perfect. You know, they really went, they went all out on that. Um, there was McDonald's doing milkshake dips. So you oh, yeah. oh. I saw a Yorkshire tea do one. Did you see that one? No. Spreadable tea for your toast. They put it out <laughs> on their official Twitter account. I was like, that doesn't sound too bad to be honest. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I'll try that. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind when they go a little bit of effort. Like, they, like they've gone to the trouble of producing packs, and you know yeah. what I mean, and gone through, uh, made a proper advert for it, and all that kind of there stuff. Was like one, there was one saying um, Heinz and Cadbury's. I, I think it's Cadbury's had got together to do um, cream egg mayo. And there was like a picture of a jar with like cream egg mayo on it, and I was like, "How it still like, tastes oh, yeah, like?" Yeah, weird. Did you see we? the Granada one from thirty years ago that he did mm. with Des? And it basically, he was there doing his like commentating about the footy and all that was coming up on Granada over the next few hours. I think it was thirty years ago they did this, and in the background he's talking about how professional the staff are and stuff like that, and a fight breaks out behind him, but they don't mention it. And then it comes back after an advert break, and he literally goes, "I've just been informed that there was a fight behind me. I'm really sorry to the viewers." And he starts commentating over the fight, and he's like, "And Andy gets in here, and he's like, <laughs> got him in a headlock, and then Paul gets involved, and all this type of stuff. It's fucking brilliant. Like, so it's like a three-minute video or something that got posted." again on April 1st fair play fair play um, right we'll dive into the news then very very brief this week because uh, there's four of us and doubtless we want to talk more about Liverpool beating Spurs in the most wonderful wonderful way uh, Rian Brewster scored two on his behind closed doors return to action anyone see this I saw the, I saw, I saw the first goal the first goal was absolutely lovely wasn't it he had all the swagger in that like, I, what I liked about it was he scored that first one. He was clearly made up. So he did a bit of a fist pump, and it was just one of those goals that like boss players score in, in crap games. And then by the time he scored the second one, he was just like, "I'm too good to be. I'm well too good." He looked because when you see him with the Liverpool squad, he's tiny, his knees dead, mm-hmm. he's dead skinny. He's obviously a kid in that game, and I know he was playing against a bunch of like American kid teenagers that had just popped over for a, for a, for the day, and they threw some boots on them and whatever. But um, he looked like like you see John Barnes playing for the Resies, and he just looked like a man compared to them. No, I was absolutely made up with that. I mean, that was a that was a world of a finish. That was a, it was a banger of a finish. And saying he's he's a bit of a forgotten man, hasn't he? Because he's been he's mm. been sort of in the in the realms of injury for so long. And the one thing that I think Ox references as well, I think did they did they do a Bezies together of an Ox? Or they did yeah. they did an interview yeah, together yeah, for yeah, an FC TV. And they um and Ox says as well, it's like you're such a good player and like you've seen you've been on this for so long, get a haircut. <laughs> that's the one thing that I still see. I, I like his hair, you know. I reckon it's too. Yeah. I, see, I, cool. I, I thought spending like nine months with Oxlade Chamberlain, Mister like Gucci Prada, all over Instagram, he'd come out with like this like really slick. Fucking what Ox talking about? He's just copied Wenger's big coat when he went to the fucking Brit Awards the other week. <laughs> oh, it's hardly yeah, a yeah, fucking style icon, is he? You know what I mean? Bad. He's copying a fucking seventy-year-old bloke. <laughs> well, he's obviously had a major impact on his life, hasn't he? You know yeah, what I mean? It's rubbed, rubbed off on him. No comment. I think. I think the Brewster thing. I think it makes him look younger, and I think if he does come into the first team and start and start, do you reckon that's what Naby Keita's done? He's actually like seventy-five, but he's just yeah. trying to but younger it, himself. Maybe, up. but maybe it's more like that thing. We all kind of do it. You, you just can be asked to get the haircut unless you've got a special. It's like tidying the house. You know, what I mean? you don't do it unless you've got a special occasion. You know, you so you, maybe yeah. it's just like, well, I'm not playing. No one really cares. When I, when I when I when I make my debut when I'm on the bench, you're right. You'll get like a proper proper haircut, but until then, he's just like. I'm in, re- I'm in rehab basically <laughs> who's, who's, who, who, yeah who's bothered um just briefly, then, Liverpool now know that they're going to play Man City in the FA Youth Cup final as well. Shock on it. Yeah. Shock on it, really? Do over them, win the oh. league, beat them in the Champions League <laughs> final, beat them in the <laughs> FA Youth Cup final. What the kids do it as well. Beat them in some pre-season that. tournaments as well. Just to I would t- I'm going to throw this out right now. I would take the kids losing the FA Cup Youth final. 
who meant we won. The oh yeah, they're getting thrown under the bus. Is, is that <laughs> big a time. Like, I'm sorry, no, not having it. We want the we want the proper. It's about building. It's about building a winner mentality, isn't it? Though? It's about <laughs> yeah. a certain power over There's your also opponents. also karma though to yeah. get get straight. You know what I mean? You've got to give them a crumb of something. Nah. you've got to. You've got. Listen, but if, do I if don't you're want telling me exactly. Exactly. I want Liverpool to win the Champions League and the Premier League. Uh, listen, I'll take the Youth Cup as well, but to get me karma straight, I'll give him the Youth Cup. Oh, didn't we sign that Bobby Duncan from City as well? Yeah. Oh. And, and, and so he'll, he'll have something to prove in that game. I like, I like the idea of him... Us having this rival with Man City now for the next decade, and these lads all coming up again, yeah. having had that first big win over them now, beating all City. I mean, let's be honest, none of those City players are getting anywhere near that team, anywhere near the future. Mm. But uh, yeah, why, why not? Yeah, just let's just beat them at every possible level. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Like, uh, we've had a good, quite a story pass with Man City. I, I'm, I'm right in thinking. I think we've lost. I think we've played them in a the final before. Definitely the semi final. I remember the team Micah Richards was in was coming up against them and that being quite a quite a big deal at the time. That was like in like two thousand six or whatever. So yeah, who knows? Um right. <clears throat> Let's get stuck into it then. Uh, if you want more Liverpool news, you can do watch the Reds News Roundup show or listen to it as well. It's on the RedmenTV.com. Steve will be hosting that one and covering not just that but everything that's happening around Liverpool Football Club off the pitch. Uh Chris, I've not spoken to you about this. Um Liverpool Spurs. We beat Spurs by two goals to one. Is that the best way to win a football match? Yeah, pretty much the best way you can do anything, isn't it? Yeah. To be honest, I mean, the, like your homework, just leaving honestly, just leaving to last minute and getting in there and getting <laughs> out and getting into the pub and stuff. But it was incredible. Like, you know what was interesting? We were talking before the game, weren't we? And and, and you'd obviously listen to a podcast and someone saying like a really tough two-one win is exactly what you want. And I, I'd said before the game, listen, three points is three points, and that's really all that matters. But that is the best. Well, way. I that, said that is the absolute best way. I said no. Come on, for, forget that. We don't need that. We've done that already. We need to start. We need to be. A, a good team really heavily and that'll help us in hindsight I was totally wrong well Spurs don't draw games no I think, I think they have drawn one since I think they drew with Arsenal Is, I think it's a Premier League stat where they haven't drawn games yeah, for fucking with, ages they, like. drew with, they drew with Arsenal yeah, yeah. so they had one draw this is that all they've had which is still impressive which is still absolutely crazy to win to have, it's, well, it's not, it's not as crazy as only losing one game but yeah it is the best way like don't those last 20 minutes of that game was just horrible. I know you were saying on another show that you enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it whatsoever. I was pulling my hair out. When Robertson does that block and when um, Sissoko puts it over the bar, I, I didn't even have it in me to be like, wait, come on. I was just like, <laughs> I was just, like pulling my hair out with my there head in my so hand. many people around us in exactly the same boat. They just couldn't handle the stress at all. Like, yeah. It was funny because, you're right, I, I, um, it, it emboldened me a bit, like the amount of people who were just huffing and puffing and really down and all that about it. Because I was, I said, I was in a bizarrely good mood. Um, but yeah, it did. It, 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 I like that. I always get, I always get encouragement from that from other people being in worse situations than me. Um, yeah, people say that. But Bailey, how did you, how did you handle it all? Where, where did you watch it? I wish still mine on my on a definitely not on a stream <laughs> on a possible on a. St- Stream. No, actually, I actually I remember now. I watched it on Sky Go. I had a problem for ages because I had like you know we use screen recorders and stuff for Max and stuff. Mm. If you want to record, I had that and like, you can't watch it on here because it's broken. So I, I refreshed it and it was fine now. So back to watching it on Sky. But uh, no, I thought I, I was watching it with my girlfriend. I don't know if you've ever watched it with somebody that's not tuned into football whatsoever. So I was sort of watching it with her and she's no, like, I, I banished my wife out the room. Yeah, she. It was fine and I was like, right, <laughs> banish. She just doesn't want to be Listen, it's a power thing. I banish her. Right. But she um, she was like, oh, asking all these questions. She's like, is a draw not all right? Isn't that not good? Like, And I was like, a draw's not, not a loss. Yeah. 
Shut <laughs> up with your logic, prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I've like, there's so little time in this game that I can explain to you why that is so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, but I was saying to you the final word, I felt nervous, but I still felt like, saying, I feel like that game was so due a momentum shift because we were so we were being we were being dominated by Spurs for for the majority of that second half they had like 75% possession in a way I was like alright this is going to kick us up the ass so now we're going to put the pressure on them maybe we'll get in there in their half and actually try and score a goal as opposed to just continuously sort of dealing with their pressure but it was I think the, the, the previous times with Chelsea and with Everton it's, it's made me it's made me patient. I think is the word now. Yeah. I'm sort of like I'm not. I'm not throwing all the all the baby with the bathwater at the minute. I was I was calm with it, but then at the same time, didn't have any fingernails at the end. The, the thing that, that got me through it was that that notion of if we're gonna do this now, just wait. Imagine yeah. how good it's gonna. If that was what kind of sustained me on it. I was like, mm. this is gonna be the absolute best. If we score at any point in the final 15 minutes here, this is going off. Yeah big time and to leave it to the 90th minute for that and, and for it to happen the way it did as well because you're right there was this, this we had a couple of those chances and I've been in that game before where you're like you write it up as it's one of them days like the one where Van Dyke just misses it and it hits Bobby for me those legs and it drops the keeper and you're going ah and you have just those little moments and you think oh that this could conspire against us and weirdly I never allowed myself to, to, to think that at the time but there was always that thing that if it, if it goes in it's going to go off and Chris my word like that's that's up there you know I, I was I, we always reference Dortmund that you know, it's up there with that. It's up there with City in thirteen, fourteen. Everton this season. Everton this season for major shin damage on the seat of the car. And it has to be. That's the that's the way it's supposed to be. But but like when that goal goes in, there was hysteria. Like I was sat just from uh, two seats from the staircase. I was I was across kissing the lad on the other side of the on the other side. I don't know him. You know what I mean? I'm just there. We're just running. There's just there's hugs. There's kisses. There's lads going through the middle of us down into the chairs. There's limbs absolutely everywhere. And you and you just sort of look around and you go, my word, are you? Is this happening really in a stadium? Sounds because I'm game on it. Like I I nearly threw myself down the stairs just to join in. It it looked it literally. (laughs) I just felt felt a bit left out. You know what I mean? Does the story of the match look like you know at the end of Cloverfield where like everything's going off? And, and like they're just running it's that first hand cam you're it's just everything shuts off and it's I, just would, like, I would give anything to see you do like the Luis Suarez David Moyes dive celebration I've done that in the crazy house on my birthday one year I've done my, my chin first down the metal stairs um, yeah it was absolutely unreal there's, there's something about and this is I talk about, this is the best footy gets like mm, I mean yeah. when we were if, you know when slash if we you know we, we win the league and that'll be a different thing but I think that'll be a I think that'll be loads more men crying well not men you know men women children crying in their seats you know a big a big swelling of a you know a bursting of a dam or whatever but that moment in football when you get that goal when you have that it's like you think about because as a society we're moving away from this we're moving away from interacting with people you don't know in a one on one and a one on one sense mm. I like I hugged. Four different people. I kissed a fella on on his bald head behind me. Speaking I hope you were thinking time. of Gary Mack, by the way, Absolutely. when you were doing oh, that. Oh, we love your bald <laughs> head. Um, 
I've never, you know, me and him chat all the time. We've had a couple of hugs down the down the years, but I've never never taken it to that level before. Is that because he did he pick you up off the floor? Is that why you it kissed him? Pretty much, like he, yeah. I was I was I was down on my knees at one point, um, and maybe you know he was like, not not yet, lad. Yeah. When we win the league, <laughs> when we win the league, you know what I mean. Anything goes. Um, but no, that I mean, you would were you with your dad for that one? That was with my dad. It's, it, what a moment to have, and and it, it, sitting next to your dad at the match is just an amazing thing. Like I'm so lucky I get to do it, and yeah, it was just amazing, just jumping up and down in each other's arms. It was, yeah, it was they're the ones you they're the ones you remember. Like I've been saying this, I I think about our big wins from last season. They're great, and they're great, and the and the marvelous because you get to watch them back, and you, you get a handful of great goals in there. Like we're not going to watch necessarily watch that goal back for its for its. It's beauty. Oh no, whatever. No. I will. But in the same, there is yeah. beautiful elements yeah, that goal. Yeah, yeah. When Alder Vireld's foot hits the grass yeah. and stops him from kicking the ball, that is a beautiful yeah. moment that I will happily watch on repeat. But it's it's the t- in terms of the feeling. I think back to the big the games that you remember. I remember us battering Arsenal, and I remember a few of the, a few of the because I remember Porto away because it was just such madness. You don't go away in the Champions League in the quarters or whatever, yeah. and, and, and do that around the sixteen. The um, but it's those, it's the, it's the ones, it's the four threes, it's the two ones, it's the one nils, and it has to be Paul yeah. because the, the thing with those games that you're talking about, the four nils, the five nils, the four ones, and all that, you kind of ride a crash, a, a, the crest of a wave of emotion throughout the ninety minutes. Like when we were snotting teams in thirteen, fourteen with four goals in twenty minutes, for example, there's almost you, you sort of stuck back and everyone's like looking around, like, can you believe this shit's <laughs> happening? Lads? Yeah. But it's you don't get that burst of raw emotion like you yeah. do out of a late winner, like against Tottenham or something. I was talking to someone after the game in a wheelchair lady that she was so, I don't know whether you heard me say this story on no, no. on one of the post-match videos she said she, she looked around and the fella next to her had fallen out of his wheelchair he was celebrating that <laughs> hard should we laugh at that I think I'm laughing at that she was laughing at it and the fella was just on the floor still cheering <laughs> and all that like and you're like this is the type of stuff that fucking happens when a winner goes in in the 91st minute yeah absolutely yeah 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 it's, um, imagine that just fucking throwing yourself so hard fall off your chair but, but Billy it's, it's, it's something to do with it as well because you win 4-0 or 5-0 mm. it's a procession you know what I mean if, particularly if you do it all in the first half because like, you always do the thing of like well 5-0 up at half time mm. that means we're going to win 10-0 and you never do you yeah. maybe end up like conceding a goal or you might score one more yeah. or whatever but there's something to it and Klopp referenced it being like one of the best you know the atmosphere is as good as it's been because the ground's full, pretty mm. much. You've obviously got the people who've got to get off for the, for reasons that are not because they're, they're, not, they're our asses yeah. or whatever. But by and large, Anfield is as full as it's going to be in that situation. Mm. And so you get that moment. It's you know that, that that's what you, you you get that you don't get in those other in those other situations. Yeah. Right at the end of the game, that last because you get the goal and then you get the full time whistle. Yeah. yeah. Where you've got the best part of fifty four thousand people. Well, you know, yeah, minus the three thousand traveling fans or whatever going absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. And I completely agree with the stuff. Like you know, you can win four five nil. I remember. The Arsenal four 0 was it five 0 in thirteen fourteen and like, I was I remember watching it at home picturesque with me my brother my stepmom me, and my dad we were literally just like God we're good but then equally that season we were losing to really small teams mm-hmm. at the same time whereas this season it feels like it just feels like the, the games that we have won which we shouldn't have won it's like saying to you on the final end it feels like an old school title winning team like when when Manchester United and Chelsea of old were winning. And, when they shared, they had no right to be. Like I say, yeah. that that Fergie time was was made off the back of yeah. them winning guy winning games in the last minute, and then everyone's just like, oh, 
they're going to do it again this year because that's the mark of a championship winning team. The, the belief that that sort of thing instills in you is just huge and yeah. it shouldn't be underestimated in between for the whole fans, the whole team, the managers, everyone, that they've got to start thinking, yeah, there's something on our side here. And I, I reckon all oh, that's bollocks, to be honest with you. I don't believe in fate or anything like that. But when things like that happen... That, it's impossible to not have that thought going through your yeah, head as, and, as and, it's still, yeah, and it's still so much belief into you yeah, and, that, and that's what fan. you need and that yeah, makes yeah. a big yeah. difference as a yeah. fan as well because you know with 15-20 minutes to go the atmosphere can die off but there's a big fuck you that goes around Anfield whenever we can see the goal nowadays yeah, yeah. and there's like this guttural sort yeah. of emotion and, and this rumbling and this just generally a scream that comes out like ah, <laughs> we're going to get you and then like a Liverpool chance will start and everyone's just like yeah we can do, we can still do this but mm. before the goal went in there was about a 15 minutes period where I was fuming because I thought Liverpool played pretty shit yeah. if I'm honest with you yeah, I, didn't, I didn't think we played well at all we about 15 minutes in, in the not first not as fuming as you were off by third take of you of your match, match oh video. God, there was some guy. Yeah, some guy was like doing me nothing and stuff like that. He was like panting down my ear as I was trying to do the video, and I was like, I, I didn't know. Oh, it was, it was, it was Paul like, that ruined the second take for you. I, but I didn't know what Paul was doing. Like, so he was coming, and I'm like, right, I'd, I'd, got, I'd lost my head again. Yeah. There was a very, very obviously illegitimate Payjack child watching the film and things. Not illegitimate. He looked older than like, my, you know, marriages. It's like when Ned Stark goes to see Gendry and he's like, yeah, that's, he, he looks like King Robert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but the, the thing is, with, with, with the game and stuff, I was actually okay with it as well. I was fuming because of the performance, but I was looking at it going, these are a good size, and if we draw this game, obviously you don't want to drop points in the first of seven league games when you come back off the international break, but I was rationalising it at the same time. I was going, these are a good side, and if we draw this game sound, if we lose the game, yeah, we're fucked at this point. I, I genuinely think the title challenge would have been over. Yeah. Yeah. But what that belief as I was saying before when you get that last minute winner it's, it's just like every team that used to play against us that thinks these are going to capitulate in the last 20 minutes now it's we flip that on its head yeah. and all they're thinking is fuck they're going to score here we need to be careful it's worth it's worth knowing that we don't know what it's like to be elite sports people we don't we couldn't be further from it we might be an elite production Nah. Ah, scratches. Ah, scratches, yeah, yeah. Procrastinators. <laughs> um, but the thing, what we do know about sports people is they are all very, very superstitious. Yeah. Very, very superstitious people. And that can work, in, you know, in our benefits, those late wins, things, exactly what you're saying. It works in our favour as fans because, you know, we, we know we stick around, we keep cheering, we keep doing our part. Then we'll trust that the lads will, de- will deliver if, you know, if we give them the platform for it. But from two, from two perspectives here, the Liverpool team will have that belief and, and hopefully it's not a, an arrogant belief that's like don't worry it'll all work out yeah. but it's more like a we've got an aura around us of, of invincibility which makes them feel and maybe it gives them another inch more to puff their chest out or whatever mm. but on the flip side again I keep, we, we've said this a few times this season just from Man City perspective they're looking at it and uh, you can't help but that, that creeps into people's mindsets of this might be Liverpool's year. This might be, you know what I mean. This, it might be destined. It might be fate. It might be. These are lads who, you know, they wear the same socks and they have to put things on in the same order. And you know, they have to. They're all very particular about all the routines. Mm. If they find, they, they look at that. It's just, it's a thing. You know, it's a cliche, and cliches are cliches for a reason. Because whether they always pan out or not is by the by. It's that you believe them to be a, to be a thing, and even if that only gives us a, a marginal, fractional. Mm. Pause for doubt or whatever. And says, you know, so if they're mm. level in a game and it's coming to the end of it, and they're just thinking, God, Liverpool, you know, Liverpool are going to go and get a result because Liverpool would get it across the line or something. Then I'm just you know, happy we. Get, I'm just happy we don't have to play them three times. 
City are going to be in trouble. Like, yeah. That's one thing that told me about this game is I think we we were saying Spurs are going to be a difficult game, but we've all said in the past, especially when the draw was happening, oh, we beat Spurs. I'd be happy with a Spurs draw. Mm-hmm. I, I, it felt like the exact same as what happened last season when we went in 1-0 and I was like, they're going to come out a different team. They're mm-hmm. going to come out and we're going to be on, under the cosh. And that's exactly what happened. And that gives me belief that... I think they could do a job against City. One, but you look at you look at the league table now after the Arsenal game yesterday as well. You know, with Arsenal going above Tottenham Hotspur, Tottenham and Chelsea vying for fourth in the Premier League. That points. race for fourth now will directly affect the Premier League title. Yeah. And you know what? We obviously have to play Chelsea as well, but they have to play two of those sides, yeah. and we've got to be looking at that going. That's a great result for Liverpool mm-hmm. because we've actually put Tottenham further back into Points the mix. on the board again, isn't it? That's the thing about the Spurs one by hook or by crook. And you, something you said, in the, I think, in, in you know, in the week leading up to Chris, but getting those points on the board. That's all that really matters. There's going to come a point where style and goals. You know, we, we, we're entering territory where it'd be nice to have our goal difference be a bit better. We mm. worry about worry about that in a couple of weeks' time. Right now, just keep doing it. Keep getting the wins. Keep making them think twice. And the one thing that's interesting because we referenced last the, the game last year. Got asked the question in a little video on Ball Street with, with James Walcott, and, and he mentioned like the look that Liverpool are having, and there seems to be this per- perception that Liverpool are dead lucky or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that's bollocks straight away. Really? I think that. Well, you look at the, look at some of the biggest things that have ever happened in Liverpool's history. Yeah, Loris Karius gives two goals away in a Champions League final, and Steven Gerrard slips over. Yeah, like the the icon of our of a generation is then to- thrown into the garbage for other fans to then just rip us apart yeah. with it and. Glorious Garris, one man basically cost us a final. We yeah. had a great, obviously, Salah's injury. And Salah getting injured as well. Is it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's also a big part of that. And it's, I get the point, but then you can't then throw the word lucky in there and then also taunt us with the fact that Gerard slipped over in a football game. I think, I think he did right on all of those things, but that's why I feel like this season's different, is that we actually, and we're not lucky in a, in a, we like you know I, I think we were lucky at times under Brendan Rodgers where you know where you you're scraping through by the skin of your teeth there was no game plan it was just raw it was madness wasn't it like you mean yeah. like the, the fourth I think it was a Cardiff game that season three two city we, game company passes it to Coutinho in you the know, box for the goal and, you know it feels like you're on the edge and things happen at when you're at 100 miles an hour things can sort of bundle your way or whatever yeah. this year it feels like we're getting the kind of look that top level teams get where you're like Larice doesn't just chuck it in. On, or, you know, apropos of nothing, we build pressure up and pressure up and pressure, yeah. up and we've got this aura of having this uh, this late thing yeah. and all that kind of. We're getting the look, as mentioned earlier, Chris, like Ma- that Man United used to get when they used to win title after title after title. We are lucky, but it's luck that we it's luck that we're making for ourselves. I think as much as it is like uh, yeah. some sort of weird uh, ephemeral thing. You can say you make your own luck, and that's that's kind of what you're talking about when yeah. you're talking about football. You are talking about constant pressure. Mm-hmm. As as you know, I, I said earlier on, I thought we played well for 15 minutes. That last 10 minutes of the game. Liverpool were the ones creating the chances. Liverpool mm. were the ones putting Tottenham under uh, under pressure. Liverpool were the ones who'd got into Larissa's head earlier on in the game by putting loads of players yeah. around him on corner kicks yeah, yeah. and stuff. And he's he's worried. He's stressed. And you make bad decisions when you're stressed. You know he makes a poor decision. Toby Alderweireld probably gets too close for his keeper because he's a little bit worried and mm. they're pinned back and stuff like that. You know if Liverpool had loads of lads on the end of the area, Alderweireld's not in his keeper's pockets yeah. and the, and the ball doesn't yeah. go onto him. So it is all about how we are and. I thought the analysis on um, Monday Night Football, I don't normally watch Monday Night Football, but the analysis by Carrer on Salah for that goal was absolutely spot on. Did anyone see it? No. So basically he broke the goal down and um, this is after he's done his uh, virtual reality linesman stuff, by the way, for the Chelsea game, which was ridiculous (laughs) but hilarious at the same time. So he's looking at it and he's going, 
Look at this now. Danny Rose is coming out. All the Tottenham players are going out. Virgil van Dijk's got his arms up in the air, fuming that the ball's gone out and we've missed our last chance. And there's one Liverpool player who's pegged it back on side and is facing. As Trent Alexander-Arnold kicks the ball in, there's one player running that direction, and that was Mo Salah. He was the only player switched on, the only player looking for a goal. Everybody else had given it up. Like and he's the one who gets the head mm. on it. And Divock Origi at Everton. It's not luck that Salah's doing that. Salah's doing that because he wants to get a fucking goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And I think we've got more examples. And it, it's no accident that these keep happening at the cop end as well. It's just. And that that little patch of grass that Alderweireld kicked. That's gone. There's something in that. It's yeah. seriously it's like. like Loris comes out for the second half and the clock clap him as they always clap the keeper as he comes out. He doesn't clap them and he gets a boo off the well, clock. And, and, and then he clap. And then he clap. Yeah, and then he He shit himself. You know, he, we, we, had him, we had him in our pockets. From from the second yeah. he walked out for that for that second just, an, uh, just another example of how how much the Anfield atmosphere can have an yeah. effect on this team in the last few games. It's been it, we, we've shown it, the, the, and we've shown the opposite of it as well. The Leicester game that we drew, you could see the atmosphere was nervy, yeah. and since then we've had Bournemouth. Watford, which were both amazing. The Bournemouth one was massive because it showed us that we can create an atmosphere for a game that we normally don't create yeah. an atmosphere yeah. for, and it showed you the the value to it. It's a bit like like the like the the, the ticket protest thing. Yeah. You know, when you show it, you do a little thing that goes, oh, oh, we've actually got a bit of a bit of strength and a bit of power here, and we've had a, it's dipped a bit. Like Burnley, I don't think was wasn't wasn't quite wasn't and it, wasn't and it, and it went but, to show that that was a bit more of an edgy game on the pitch than than it was because it was a twelve o'clock kickoff and the atmosphere wasn't up. Yeah, but it, what I love about them games and their two examples. Of games that we've gone and basically battered teams but after every goal we've scored there's been like we celebrated the goal maybe sing the song of the player who scored and then there's just another huge roar like come on let's go again yeah. I think, and I think that's massive especially talking about goal difference yeah. that's another thing that could really help us yeah. I don't know whether you thought about this on the final way but did, any, did you talk about like Hendo for their goal and stuff like that because yeah, yeah. he talked about how he should have been blocking that free kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I thought that there are still things that we can learn. Yeah, you know, out of that game, and you can mm-hmm. look at that and go, right, well, that shouldn't happen again. You know, Harry Kane taking that free kick quickly, yeah. very, very smart. But was it Mora that got booked? Uh, for them for doing the, now for standing in front of the ball a few times I don't did he get booked put, for that but got, the referee ran over to him a couple of times and stuff. Trent, by the way Trent just kicking at Mora mate in that situation yeah, where yeah, everyone around we were all screaming just kick it at him just kick. we've seen Liverpool players get booked for that mm. plenty of times in the past just do it make a, make a point of it just kick it at him and go ref you've, you, it's, you know, he's getting in the way make the referee make. but I thought we were actually it's funny because you're right there's a couple of moments where we maybe could have been a bit cannier yeah. but I actually thought our shit Arsery was really good in, yeah. in, and from in the fans game. in the last minute yeah yeah absolutely mm. robbing the ball mm. telling Deli Ali he's got a shit sex again it's, it's the mark of a, Ma- a mark of United when they were winning the titles yeah. like that was they were bastards like I love seeing Liverpool do shit as yeah. stuff like that, and yeah. there's been too often we've seen we we lose the Champions League final because Real Madrid is smarter than us. Yeah. And and I I remember watching the Real Madrid semi final against Bayern Munich, and they were doing mm. this trying to waste the time against Munich, thinking yeah they're going to do that against us, and it's going to be hard because we don't really know how to play that way. But I've seen us do it quite a lot more this season. And yeah. it, it gets other fans teams few um, fans of other teams fuming. But we, we said it, fine. I remember when we lost 2-1 to United last season, I think we, it was you guys that said it, it's like we, we need to become better at the dark arts and yeah. become better at being what Jose Mourinho's basically moulded a managerial career out of. Yeah. And there's no there's no lie that there's a correlation between being a bastard on the pitch and getting success. And yeah. I think that that is, uh, it's a level that, a sort of an unsung level that we've sort of taken on ourselves this year and it's, uh, and it's a reason why we are where we are. You know who's boss, Addy? Snape. What? What? <laughs> 
Brilliant. Um, um, <laughs> Got to get the Harry Potter references in sometimes. Yeah, it's, the the first it's one. a brand new podcast. First Harry Potter <laughs> reference of the new, of the new format. Um, Harry Kane. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, yeah. he's a boss shit house. Yeah. He's so good at that. And that, that I mean, the example of all that, I, I contend that, you know, Martin Atkinson, Martin Atkinson clearly loves Harry Kane. Absolutely loves the bones of him. Like, he's desperate to let him take that quick free kick. Mm. When you think about the amount of times that the ball got, got to, we got told to move the ball back and make sure it was in exactly the same. We tried Stop to take it ball. from, Stop we tried ball. to take a free kick from like 10 yards deeper and he made it, he made us move yeah. it. I've never yeah. seen that done before ever. And yet, Harry Kane's ba- the, he's basically he's running with the ball when, he, when he kicks he it. He lets him like, off, basically. Yeah. He just fucking rolls it, rolls it, takes a jog and kicks it. It's like, if you could, let's do that for penalties as well. That'd be loads mm. more fun. Um, but like fair play to Harry Kane, like for the for the the quick thinking, we said this on the final word because <clears throat> he's he we had him in our pocket as a target man, but when he started to play as a as a more all round footballer, you can see what a what a oh yeah, he, he, listen, he's good, but Spurs are worse with him. Okay, you think? But, but how many games have they won since he's come back from injury? But then how many games <laughs> did they win with him before? Yeah, listen, son. That sounds son, like specious reasoning. But I, listen, on. I'm just doing this for Spurs fans who are watching. To be honest with you, there's no actual. I can't. There's no analysis here. I'm just going to say it's a rile. You're taking the Twitter, the yeah, Twitter banter, banter rule. Absolutely. Like, like really. they've lost four games in the last five since he's come back. Yeah, or something this fucking shit. Yeah. He's I, shit. Like he's he's too much of a focus. He wants to be the big I am and all this type of stuff. He's actually a really good footballer, and I really do like him as a as a footballer. But nah, I think it was mad that Son didn't start for me. Yeah. But he, he did, their yeah. bench was so. Weak. I, was, uh, I, I thought he must have been injured. I, yeah. I thought he must have been injured when he wasn't. I, th- I think that's, be, maybe he's travelled really far or something. Yeah. Like that's the only thing I can think yeah. of. Like. I, th- I think that's what sets Spurs. And I think that's as a top six. I think we were all. And when United obviously had this turmoil after Fergie left, I think these are all of us were in the same boat uh, for a while. And obviously, then City have kicked on with the money that they've spent. We've followed suit, but I think that that this, this top four is so tight at the because they don't they as a collector they don't know how to do what we've done yet which is know how to manage a game properly know how to shit house when they need to shit house good with the signings they make with the money they've all got individually aspects as to why they're not they're so far behind this as a top two but they should be because they, they'd be they've had the uh, the same players and the same manager for years they should be learning all these but things I, th- I think that that Aaron lies your problem is that I think you they've got what four years with Poch four years with the same squad that there's something there that you the can't the tough thing they've got ultimately is that you know, all banter to the side. Harry, they can't replace Harry Kane. They do a good job, but they've done a good job without him. Yeah, but he's he's still le- it's levels above everything else that they've got. Mm. You have to fundamentally change how you play when you don't have him. It's like when we have Fernando Torres. Mm. You know, you can get someone who can do a, either do a, a piss poor variation on what he does, David and go, or you completely change and do something completely different to, 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 to make the, up the, for the it. The actual ge- genuine thing is it's all down to the stadium at the moment for Tottenham, I think. you know, it, mm. I was talking to Flav last week and he was saying like it's gone 700 million over budget. It's now going to cost a billion instead of 300 million. You know what I mean? And actually when you think of when you think <laughs> of literally just that, for them to continue to stay in the top four, to, to, to actually go really far in the Champions League, what they've done is better than what Arsenal did, yeah. who got lauded for it 10 years yeah, ago when the right. Emirates came yeah. out for how well they'd managed to stay in the top four in a much more blah, competitive blah, blah, blah. Exactly. six as well. Like, so, yeah, you know what? Tottenham are doing something right. I, I like the I like their squad. I think it's good. It's young. Yeah. Just because they haven't signed anyone doesn't mean that they're getting worse and stuff like that. But they will kick on. They just they just happen to be in a really competitive area of the country for signings. 
um, you know, if you want to go to London and stuff, yeah. and they're not shopping in the top bracket like Liverpool. You know, we've yeah. managed to overtake them. We used to look at two clubs and go, oh, people, Ericsson, for example, he went to Tottenham over us because of where they were at the time. Now they're looking at it and going, why would they go there? I'd rather go to Liverpool because they're reaching Champions League finals, they're higher up in the Premier League. They're trying to buy the same players as us and they're not going to be able to because we're a better, bigger club. Do you, do you just as a, as a side question, do any of you realistically, who do you think realistically could challenge that gap? That, so we're so far away from the the bottom four now, which is bottom four in the top six, which is strange to say because we're so mad that we're that good. Do you think that out of Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs and... Who's the other team? Oh, Chelsea. United. Out of those four... Who do you think comes closest to sort of getting to where us and City are? Tottenham, United. I, I, I reckon Tottenham. I, I think they've shown for the first half of the season that they're good enough to do it. Mm. It's just about getting there, being able to do it for I, a longer period of time. Where United, I, I don't think United are good enough to do it. United can't. They all, all, they're all capable. I'd say Spurs are the least capable of only because, and we don't know this yet, but. Yeah, yeah, I think they've reached the end. Of, they're reaching the end of this cycle that they're going to yeah, get I with agree. this team, and that's because you can only go so long without silverware before all, the, all of a sudden people start turning. They're going to have to sell someone because yeah. if they if they're struggling financially, they're either going to have to double down on ridiculous wages, which they've never really done, but they might have to break the structure for it. You just can't. It's very hard to keep that where the manager stays. Okay, Coutinho for us, you know, we were getting close, but five years, no trophies, and he was like, "It's time for me to move on." All all it's going to take is Real Madrid to go. We'd really like Harry Kane, and he's going to go. We can sell Son to us if he wants. Yeah, I would take Son absolutely. If he really wants, if he really wants our help, we will do that. Yeah, yeah. But you look at, but you look at it, and then you think Man United should. But I, I think I think the wheels are going to fall off under Solskjaer's made up when they got him signed down. Arsenal That's getting clipped know, up in uh, the year in the top of the league. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, Arsenal, who knows really where, where they're at, but they've got they, they should be. Emery with a full season. They're behind Spurs in terms of constructing a squad. Yeah, but they're ahead of them in so much as they passed the pay the stadium off now, so they don't have to worry about the, the financial stuff. Apparently, even though they had no money in, in in January, so we'll see. Chelsea are the ones, aren't they? Really, because it all, it all depends on whether Abramovich is going to go back to reinvest in them. Because bands make a difference. Yeah, like yeah, you know, it's remember. it's whether they're able to, to. But the thing is, they've done all their buying. You mm. know, they've they've got four hundred players all and all, all around the world. You can probably come in and do it, do do it, do a job for them. We're not even privy to. I think mm. Chelsea are pretty much impossible to predict. Yeah, like, like they could they could go and win the league next season. It's like, just like like they've, how many times have yeah. they done it? They've won the league and then dropped off and then won it and then, like. The reason I think it's Manchester United is, and I, listen, I don't know what's going to happen with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and stuff, but they've got the money. That's yeah, the, that's yeah. that's what it comes down to. Of all those clubs, Manchester United can just drop five hundred million in a window if they want to, and they and they might. What was she? You know what I mean? They've had the money for for years though, and but they haven't trusted still. the manager. Whereas they've just put Ollie down to a three year contract. But, You'd hope that then, but they've just had Mourinho on a three year contract, haven't they? And they just had Moyes on a yeah. nine year contract. Yeah. They've got, they've got, they've got <laughs> when they first brought good. in the managers, mm. they trusted the managers. And, and I think, but, that's, then, but then after a year, they didn't trust the managers. And I think that's really. why they're. I don't know who they're, the guy who does the transfers and all that, isn't it? Well, depends it, whether he, whether he depends, trusts he, Solskjaer. Is he gonna? Is he gonna let the reins go for Solskjaer when he didn't let them go for Mourinho? I think, and that's, that's what all the fans are saying. The thing is, he did let the reins go for Mourinho at first. Yeah, but, it, yeah. but at the start, the, the, the summer just gone before this season, he knew that Mourinho was the, the wheels were falling off a little bit, so he didn't trust him anymore. 
The point is, is that they're, they're all over the place, aren't they? So you don't know. It's they, they could potentially do it. They've got everything. They've got the biggest stadium. They've got the, all the, the, the history. They've got everything. They've got the culture. They've got blah blah. They've got amazing players. I just wonder whether we're entering this, entering this period now where, if you want to win the Premier League in the Man City era, you've got to have. A, you've got to have a, a, a ridiculous squad. You've got to have loads of money to it's spend. About six things to tick off, and you've got to have the best of the best of the managers as yeah. well. I think you've got to have the pe- you've got to be perfect. And yeah. we are we're flying by the seat of our pants. We're right on the cusp of pushing beyond our limits because you can't we can't break out into the limits that City have got. But you've got to match what we've what we've got, and mm. that's that's the thing of the Solskjaer thing. It could work out amazingly. It it's could, really it could. I, obviously. I think we'll all agree around this table on one thing: is we all hope it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the thing that just the final thing on this is like we've there's constant talk that the top six are so far removed now from the, the bottom fourteen and the issue that causes. I could see now there being a top six, a middle four, and a top two. I feel like all the other four teams have got so many of their own problems to sort out that we are. Us and City are so far ahead in terms of our sort of. The, we spent four years getting to this well, point. It might be that Arsenal might be the answer in that regard because it, you know who knows what's happening with Spurs. Will Pochettino have his head turned or whatever? You suspect because nothing else has presented because United didn't come up for him. Madrid got Real Madrid, they've got to Dan. Is there going to be something to tempt him? Probably not this summer. So they mm. might still have that consistency if they do. Just go right. Here's one more wedge. To try and get it, get get you over the line, they could be it. But Arsenal are going to be. Spurs, the... I think it's, uh, like like they got they played a very attacking team against us the other day. Actually, Sissoko was the whole. I know they played five at the back, but then they changed that to a four, and Sissoko still holding. It's like who they got in the midfield who can boss. Where's the Fabinho or the Genie? Like they've got a weak bench. Dyer Winks. Like if if they can put a proper midfielder in that, then I think that yeah, makes man. them such a better team, proper and I think they will go out to buy one as well. Man. But yeah, but the thing is, like Arsenal, it's, it's it's turmoil and consistency. Who's got who's able to deliver on that consistency mm. in, the, in the in the quickest possible fashion? It could be it could be anyone. Who knows? And ultimately, as long as they stay away from us, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> right, we're going to talk about Southampton uh, looming on Friday in a moment. Before we before we do, as modelled by the wonderful Christopher Pajak, is his wonderful Virgil Van Dijk calm as you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You see that? Yeah. It's nice now, yeah. isn't it? Um, that's from Threads for Reds. Got some fantastic gear. Have a little look. And because it's a video and it doesn't work, <laughs> for audio listeners, Chris sat down with the Spirit of Shankly's departing chair, Jay McKenna, for the Newsroom podcast this week. It was great. Have a listen. Remember the one, the, the, you know, I, th- I agree with you about what Liverpool are doing and they're moving in the right direction. Seemingly, they're embracing a lot more of what they weren't in the past. And I use that word seemingly because sometimes it isn't quite as it seems. Yeah. Um, the big thing for me was actually... Actually, I stood next to you. It was Roma away. Yeah. You know, when Henderson had that banner of support for Sean Cox. Yeah. And it was it was then that it started to open my eyes to what the players mean to the fans, what the fans mean to the players, and what the club is doing. Because them standing there, I'm actually getting goosebumps yeah. talking about it now, them standing there with that banner at that time meant something to me as a supporter. And I think they've carried that on. They carried it on in Kiev with the embracing of fan culture with the Shevchenko Park stuff. Yeah. And they've been much better at being a more inclusive club over the last 12 months. Yeah, I remember next year in, in the grounds in, in the Stadio Olimpico saying, I seen the back of the banner and I knew what the banner was because we'd had it made. And I was like, I said, look at this banner. You brought it. Yeah, I said, I said, have a look at this. They're going to bring it. And we, we'd, we'd give it to the club to take over. We'd had it made um, and it'd been in the dressing room and the club had, you know, that, that photo of the players in, the, uh, you know, in front of the away end, where it's, it's fantastic and that, that must have meant an awful lot for Sean Cox. And that happens because... There's people inside the club who understand some of this, people like Tony, but, but yeah. others as well, to be fair, who who can talk to the players and have actually learned, and I you know, think Tony would probably say this, know that no, the players get it. The players do get this, and you know, some of the players, you know, there's things publicly where we know they've gone out of the way to organise things. You know, Virgil van Dijk done a, a thing with the Omak Bay Foundation to put a night on. That only come out because... Oh, McRae Foundation mentioned it later, Virgil van Dijk didn't. Jordan Henderson and Adam Lallana dancing at a Christmas party, they put that on themselves, absolutely. You know, the, the, Trent's the, doing loads, Trent's doing Robbo's stuff, doing loads. And Al Brothers, the food bank support and, and stuff like that. You know, I know of lots of things that aren't in the public domain about bits I've heard and picked up and of you know financial contributions from players to different causes going out of the way because they believe in it themselves, not just because they're asked, not because it's popular, not because it's being talked about. Uh, so, so I think they get it, and I think what we've now got to a place is where, well, and that's why I mentioned Andy Robbo before as the player I'd pick for that because I just feel like there's a connection to these players again where you feel like they get it, they understand it, they they represent us and we represent them kind of thing. You know, there's probably times where, you know, we'd love to be on that pitch, and there's probably times where they'd love to be in them stands, they'd love to be in Shevchenko Park, they'd love to be a part of that. So, there's a good, you know, a good relationship there. I think. So Southampton Friday night football. Um, how are we feeling about this one? Is there going to be fireworks and lights and shit? Oh, like wolves. I don't know, does Southampton do that, do we know? I think it's a Friday football spectacular thing. They're a bit less championship than wolves, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> not, not too much. Not too much. <laughs> not for long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It could very well be. Even very when much more, yeah, in, in some ways, they're going to be 100% more championship soon. And yeah, 100% yeah. less at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, no, I've, I've never been to St Mary's. We're going down, aren't we, Shai? Yeah. Um, I'm actually looking forward, to, looking forward to it. It's not been a great... We, we've had too many broken hearts at St Mary's over the yeah. last five or six years. Um, I mean, at least Ricky Lambert doesn't play for them anymore. That's yeah, a good and, start. And Club Puel doesn't manage them. Yeah, yeah. Season. Or Sadio Mane. 3 0 draws and then they beat us in the uh, semi-final. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
sick of that. Um, just as a point, Bailey, I mean, City are defo beating Cardiff, mm. so let's just the pressure's back on us. We're back in second. Let's just say it for the sake of for the sake yeah. of it. We're, feel, we're, film, we're filming this Tuesday, but we we know that Cardiff are, are going to roll over and have the bellies tickled. By the no, he's not even playing. He's playing, he's playing the subs, isn't he? He's the reserves. A fucking. Blatant, like you know, I mean, there's not. I mean, there's there's harsher words I could use to describe it, but you know, I don't want it to. I don't want to. I don't want to dirty this podcast up too much. But did you see the video of him staring the officials out? Brilliant. It, it was fantastic. Like, yeah, he just uh, he just stood in front of them, just stink high yeah. them. Like you know, I mean, he uh, there was a few bad decisions in, the, in that. It, game. that I mean, don't get me wrong. I I if I didn't think he was a massive knobhead I'd have more sympathy for yeah. him but if he was a genetic football manager I'd feel sympathy for the horrendous officiating in that game yeah. uh, but then it's the fact that he's 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 finally thinking he can get revenge over Rafa for um, for playing the kids again. it was a Sheffield United he played the kids against yeah. in like 2008 and Warnock put in a big complaint against him he's like I can get Liverpool back I'm going to play the kids <laughs> even if it gets me relegated I'm not bothered I can get Liverpool back absolutely he just hates being a manager doesn't he I think, I think he just prefers he'll be hanging round you know, prob- presumably somewhere in Sheffield was his wife having an, a- having a- an early breakfast, getting an early bird special at like five o'clock on his favourite restaurant and being tucked up in bed by eight o'clock. He doesn't need any of this fucking stress, does he? The absolute gobshite. Um, anyway, yeah, so let's let's presume Liverpool are back in second. Um, Southampton, we- we've talked about this because, you know, this-, this little this little clutch of three games. And we talk about it in the clutch of three games because it's bookended by our two most difficult on paper fixtures with Spurs and Chelsea. Southampton shouldn't be taken lightly. Obviously, they've got lots to play for at the moment. They're having a little bit of an uptick in form as well. They're being a bit more, da- a a bit more bit. dangerous of late. It's been huge, their yeah. uptick in form, like since Ralph's come in for them. Like, you know what I mean? They've run something like fucking 20 odd points since he's come in as a manager, you know. So they've really started to find a way to get them points. And I think there's a belief, like, you know, I was talking to Freddie from the Ugly Inside, and the, the video will be on the channel later this week. And he's like, we don't think we're going down. Like, there's a confidence about Southampton now. Scary. And, and that's mad, isn't it? Because, you know, they're still level on points with about three other teams. You know, they're only a couple of points above the relegation zone. And yet they're now being quite brutish in the fact that we're not going down. Yeah. You know, they've beaten Spurs the other week and, and stuff like that. They beat Brighton in the last game. Um, obviously, they're now level on points with Brighton. So they're looking at this and going, this is, you know, they want a point. That's what Freddie was saying. He says he thinks we can get a point here. Um, but... They're reinvigorated, and that's that's always dangerous. And and the the team that has something to play for is always a tough matchup, isn't it? Yeah. And these have absolutely got something to play. This for. This is not like those games where you look at them and you go, right, they're on the beach, they're on the beach, they're like on the beach. They're, yeah, they got the flip flops on, etc., etc. Huddersfield, I mean, perfect. I'm, I'm so, I mean, I I miss Huddersfield because I actually think it's a good away, and the fans are good. Like, but uh, it's close. Yeah, you know, it's and it's very very near. Um, but yeah, Southampton. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy to get some of the get some of these South Coast teams out. Because yeah. be asked, it's going to take me so long to get down there. It's ridiculous. But um, <laughs> the the fact that Cardiff didn't get the result, the fact that they got screwed out of it, does actually play into our hands a little bit for this game because it gives Southampton that little. You know, if Cardiff if Cardiff had taken a few more points, it would have tightened things up a little bit at the bottom. It does give Southampton a bit of breathing room, which hopefully does. It plays to our favour. Whether it affects their approach to the game, I don't know. But it is mm. a it is a good thing for us. The, the Friday night game, I think, is is hard as well. Like that that home crowd, home crowd. Like we seen it on field when we played Everton on the Friday night. The atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And that was another one where we sucked the ball into the cock quite late, which is brilliant. But to have the Southampton fans who who know that they've got this Friday night game. 
going out have a few drinks in the pub before it and they've got Liverpool coming it's a big game they need the points in mm. that's not going to make it easy for us no but, th- but there's the flip side of that as well Si is they're not used to those type of games mm. whereas this Liverpool side are used to mm. playing late on it's it true, in, you know in big games yeah. in the middle of the week and stuff like that other teams down that side of the league aren't, aren't really used to it so mm. we might be able to use that to our advantage also the fact that we you know play ahead of Manchester City again I think that's obviously good for Liverpool after obviously their game on Wednesday and stuff and then you've got a, an extra day's rest or two before the Porto game on Tuesday yeah an extra day's rest yeah you know, that's probably a good thing for us as well. Mm. And, you know, looking at the timing of all of our fixtures from now until the end season, we haven't got, like, one of those 12 o'clocks and we struggled in those 12 yeah. one o'clockers. Yeah. You know, they're all 4 o'clock, 7.30s, 8 o'clock, and that's probably, hopefully, good for us for the time that we train and stuff as yeah. well. I, 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 I love, Friday night games are great. And again, barring the fact that you've got to go almost as far away as you can possibly get for a game. Um, yeah, you're right. The, the atmosphere thing will make it, make it a, a, a makes it an occasion, doesn't it? Mm. You, know, you don't want them sat in this... Like sterile, cold, yeah. quiet environment. Hopefully, it'll be something. I mean, look, we've just gone to the Alliance, <laughs> you know, and, and played by Munich off the off the park. That should be an encouragement. If you can go and do that, then it should help. Big questions then with regard to the to the team. I don't think any of us predicted the midfield three that Liverpool went with for for spares. But we've got masses of choice. And Bailey, what do you think? I mean, the big question is, I guess, is the back, the fit, they're available. Mm. What what did Naby Cater and Jane Shakiri have to do to get a look in in this side? Uh, to be honest, I don't think they do to the end of the season. I mean, unless we, unless there's an injury or we really want to rotate, so they, they, we really want to go for it in Porto and they get a game. But I feel like the team we played against uh, Tottenham, that uh, that midfield is, like I said to you, it's like that's the malleable safe midfield. Mm. Like you play, you field that first, get a feel for the game, get a deal with it, and then you put your. Fabinho on or your Lalana or your Milner if he's not playing but I think that they're too high stakes I think I think Shakiri's proved himself to be a good substitute but he, the fact that he's now I think I presume he's fit now since he's, he's from his injury yeah. yeah so he's it's the fact that I think he, unless he's coming on as an impact sub or we're really sort of like throwing the dice but Divock's that guy now I think yeah. he's come on to be that that impact guy when we need it because he can play left wing yeah. who knew yeah. so he's um which which is really good. So and can I, we just make a point on the? I really get. I meant to mention this on the final word. Less of the deep lying left wing playmaker shit, Divock. Because there was that moment where he did it and he dropped the shoulder and he ran towards our goal and he tried to spray like a ball over to the far wing and completely fucked it <laughs> up. And you're like, nah, mate. Get the ball, head towards the run. Just well, get when, it when, 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 when he came on, he won the corner for us yeah. that we scored from in the end. Yeah, yeah. He's a good player, but I think. Kate is the anomaly here. I think. I think. I think it's it's been a season too soon. I think he's fine having or him in. Or too late. Or too late. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, whatever way you want to look at it. Yeah. So you. Uh, I feel like he's going to. He'll come good in the end. He'll be fine. But do you? It, you can't really afford to blood I'm, him I'm, in with seven I'm, games. I'm, six a games bit, I'm a bit gutted for Kate to be honest because yeah, he, he, he got a bit of a run of games in the side and he was looking good and yeah. then he just got took out and that was the end of that. Lallana's yeah. played two games in the midfield since then and. Yeah. Like that, that was Rolana who basically done nothing for us for for, for a couple of years. Do we think it's years. trust? It's okay Is it just down to trust? I think I, I, I think, think so, it yeah. must be. I think it must Hence be. That's why I th- don't think that we'll see much of them towards the end. Because that's the thing, we're past the point now where we said it when, they, when they go and get your warm weather training and you go and cop really gets to focus on the players and we'll come back and that's when we'll see more of them. We actually did see a bit of Nabby around that time. But now you're like, you're just playing games now. I know we've got it, we've had a little bit of a gap prior to this one which might have been, that mm. might be a chance to, to, to get Nabby once again up to speed or whatever. But, I kind of kind of tend to agree with the lads. I think we'll see rotation, Chris, but I wonder 
whether we're going to rotate the lads, the club 100% knows what he's going to get out of. Yeah, listen, we're going to see Fabinho, I'd hope, on Friday night. I think yeah. that's that's the important one for me, getting back into that midfield. And then I think you might see a Lallana or something later on in the game. I think, you know, it's probably going to be a Wijnaldum, Fabinho plus one midfield. So, yeah. but I Kate think it needs to be quite that. an attacking one, to be honest. I, I think it needs to be Lallana or Keita. Because uh, it's that player that drives you forward. What we've seen over the last few weeks, weeks is when the games haven't been going our way, and I'll cite the Manchester United and maybe the Everton games and stuff, is Klopp's been very like for like. And what we saw actually against Tottenham is we saw the four forward players on the pitch for the first time in absolutely yeah. ages. Mm. And that tells you how close it is, how important it was to get the three points in that yeah. last game. Mm. He brings Origi on, he takes Henderson off, and then you've got Origi, Firmino, Salah, and Mane all on the pitch. Yeah. We've not seen that in the Man United or the Everton game. Yeah. He's, he's done Great like point. for like. So what we'll see. I think what we'll see is he'll use what he has to use to begin with and then depending on how the game's going if you want a bit of an X factor that's when Kaita comes yeah. in other than that I don't think you see him no I agree yeah. on that it's very very what, interesting what, what, what about Shaqiri do you reckon we might see him as a sub he's amazing another one isn't he I just, we just, his impact got less and less and we just don't know what, what his fitness is at but again he's on the bench so as, all we know is that he's there he warmed up at half time didn't he yeah, with, yeah. with a couple of the it's, others with it, Kaita it, and there's no, there's no need to have, we've got enough players that we could put other you know, we could put other people in and Maybe it is just that you know the game situation was didn't require Shakiri and that, and mm. Origi's just getting the nod in terms of what he can do because he's just bigger and more faster, di- more direct, he? and he, yeah. he put, put the shits up the defence a little bit more yeah. than. Shikiri. Also, I think Rose is a much better wing back than Trippier. You yeah. know what I mean? So Origi yeah. coming yeah. on on that left yeah. hand side, Rose yeah. is a really yeah. good player. And like. obviously, not, let's not forget that Divock's quite clearly our number one free kick taker as well. The Shakiri one's weird because he did have a, a few games where he didn't do well. And that's that's when he started, and he's came on as a sub a few times and hasn't really affected the game. But I don't think he's been anywhere near as bad in the, when he's been seen, and he hasn't put in as many bad minutes on the pitch to deserve being shut out as much. That's why that's why I think that's why I think it's fitness. And have we seen him? Has he played a four three three yet? I mean, he was he was playing in the, the peak of the four two three one, and obviously you, you'd play him. You take it. He was like you say, like for like. We ever took him off uh, one of the forwards, or we put him in the ten, uh, like against United. So. And it's whether that he can adapt to that force. Well, he's got that responsibility. Where are you putting him in? In those, in right in that formation, where are you putting him in? Because you're going to put him right wing. Maybe there's still a case of, you know, if you were taking Firmino off and you're putting Salah central, do you then yeah. put him on the put him on the right? It's a, it's a roll the dice move, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of them. If you stick him with four three three and you're rolling the dice, you might take Henderson off and put Shaqiri on and say you be that more advanced midfielder. Yeah. But Klopp isn't in the business of rolling the dice very often. You yeah. know what I mean? He's not in the business of doing things on the football field that he's not seen before. Yeah. Yeah. And one point as well is that we we get so much joy from set pieces and you know it, it, games are so, such fine margins. Do you want to bring Jane Shaqiri on in those ga- when you know in those games for a start? Because if you're going to choose Shaqiri or Origi if you if you're going to try to get something from corners in the last five minutes of the game, realistically you just want another big lad on the pitch, don't you? Yeah. And defending them as well down, down the other end. I think he's our best left-footed free kick taker, though. Yeah. So, that, if you get, so if you get a free kick on that side, it's set up for a left footer. I think you do want Shakiri on the pitch. Maybe Salah will always be there though as well. True. You know, yeah. Probably not bringing him on just for that. Like. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I mean. It's, there's, a, there's clearly a balance going, and I just I'm just wondering whether that's a thing because we have scored so many like goals from. I mean, you know, I don't we don't score directly from the corner, but it comes from the it comes from the corner, doesn't it? Just gives you more 
gives you more there. And I don't think I just don't think I think he falls between two stools a little bit at times. We've got him more advanced. I think he naturally wants to sit deep and play make, doesn't he? Yeah. We need him to get look at the Man United game is a perfect example. Get him in the box and he will score, but whether that he's he's just not naturally doing that enough that makes Cop think he's enough. I'm not really I, I, I don't think he's had, I don't think he's had the opportunity to do it enough though. Maybe. I think it's like the kinda of like the opposite of that absence makes the hard grow fonder thing. Yeah. I, th- I think I think he's he's seen as worse for not being in the team. And I think people have got an idea that he that he's been rubbish for ages. But he, I don't, just don't think he's yeah. had the chance. I mean, I mean, we did it with Lallana as well. But I'm not worried about any of this because we're still winning fucking games. Yeah. we're winning games with the players that we've got at the yeah. moment, it's and we're probably have. making this stuff up. Klopp might not have an issue. It just yeah. wasn't right for him. Yeah, he's probably yeah. made a, a game time decision where he went. I think he's a better player here for this type of game. So, what's your mid, what's your midfield three for this game? Um, Fabinho, Genie, Keita. I want to really? see Keita. I, I would like Fabinho, Genie, Lallana. I think I like that. I like I like the way that Lallana plays that mm-hmm. tip of the midfield three role. And I think that against Southampton, it's again Fulham-esque, Burnley-esque style of play. I would right. hope. Okay. Chris? I am going to change things up slightly, and I'm going four two three one. Okay. Change. Genie and Fabinho is the two. Fabinho in the ten. That drum. Arigi on the left. Salah up top. Salah Mane on the right. I'd like to see Salah up top again. I mean, it, it was. We were all. I think we're all to blame for this. Is that when it was forty-three when we were saying he's not scoring enough goals? That's where he got the majority of his seventeen this season. Yep. And then it, he switched back to a forty-three. We've, we've had no joy out of him. I think he was really thriving in that central role. So I'd like to see again whether he can pick that form back up. Is, yeah. there, is there an argument that? He has been poor in front of goal. He's obviously lacking a bit of confidence in front of goal. Maybe that's changed after after yeah. the, t- the Tottenham thing. Do you want they're, they're, they're pressure, putting right? him putting him up front and basically saying his job is to score the goals? Are you maybe it's, it's make or break of a great player. player in that think, position, what, I think. What type of Southampton side? What, how is Southampton going to play this? Do we think because in their DNA it's. I think they're getting back to playing after decent football. football. I think they're going to look to probably counter us like every team does. They'll look to try and keep it secure for 60, 70 minutes and then maybe sort of try and advance up the pitch a little bit. But apparently they've blooded in a lot of youth players over the last few weeks and stuff and they're really getting back to that. Like, um, it's interesting though, So they might play with a little bit less fear than maybe an experienced player. The question yeah. as, much, as much of because I think if they're going to just literally try to stop us from scoring that's their one and one sum total of, of their ambition then a 4 2 3 one kind of makes yeah. you know, makes sense I wonder why that for me just same as Bailey for me if we're going 4-3-3 I think Lallana comes in for this and I because yeah. I, I think and I thought this when we brought him in I think Lallana's been readied for the teams that were meant to be better than yeah I think they're like the game. Ben Ayun under under Benitez yeah. was brilliant for, in those for games. Well, we've it? got to be a flat track bully, from we've got to get a little bit more because we can afford to be a bit more gung ho. We can afford to leave a little bit more. We can afford to leave Fabinho to to, to do every, to do everything else. And you get Genie, you push Genie further up, and you push mm. you push Lallana right up there and say, mm. go and make it five. Up, up front and see what see what we can do, but that's where I go. Let me know what you go with in the comments um, or tweeters at the Redmen TV. Um, quickly, a couple of questions before we round up. Um, but safe in the knowledge that we're doing the Q and A with all four of us, we've got some absolute belter questions on that coming up, which will be on the website. Uh, Prime Gerard or Prime Suarez in the current squad. It's gonna it's gonna pull at the heartstrings that one a little bit. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of chat about the boo about Bouvat. We haven't done that in a while, and someone's asked us a question about it. Um, which <laughs> if Chris could have the hair of anyone in the squad, who would it be? Uh, and a few other things as well, which I won't read out on here, but definitely go on to the Q and A. Um, Liverpool royalty. 
Who's a better defender, Van Dijk or Alan Hansen? And before you throw in the answer on this, I noticed that there was a big debate around this. I think it was Tony Barrett tweeted about yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it. Saying, like, you know, he felt it was mad that he, you know, he had to put this out there. And I saw loads of people, because it's Twitter, jumping on him going, well, what about the, tro- the Hansen's won the trophies, etc., etc." And I follow on for the conversation I had on Ball Street, Chris. This is the problem we've got, is the context of this, is the trophy thing is absolutely fine. But, like, if... If any of those sides that Alan Hansen won the league in had to play this Man City side, they wouldn't have won the league that season because you know at the you know based on based on what it is. So you trophy you kind of let's if we park trophies and look at pure ability. Van Dijk is at least in the bracket, I think. Obviously, I've, uh, I never saw Alan Hansen play in his prime. I've watched him play one game of football, and that was the 1984 European Cup final. And it was actually Mark Lawrence who impressed me the most in that game. He was absolutely incredible yeah. in that game. Um, but look, looking at Alan Hansen, obviously I've been told about Alan Hansen and the type of player he was. I just can't see how he could have been better than Virgil <laughs> Van Dijk. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, uh, have you seen Van Dijk? He's just he's, he's, he's absolutely incredible. Like, you you run out of things to say about him because every single week he's putting in these performances. He's in ridiculous form. He's an incredibly talented footballer. So I'm 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 going to say Van Dijk. I just from I agree. I think I think. Alan Hansen was a, a very good defender in an era of a lot of very good defenders where I think Van Dijk is setting a precedent for how to be the best modern defender. Mm. I don't think that, I don't think there's a debate anymore that he's, he's at least, if he's not in your top three or if he's not even your top one defender in the world right now, then you're on drugs. Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that you, you could watch any defender in world football now and say anybody does it as consistently at the level that he does. He is, and, and the, there's a very big temptation. We, we, we obviously were doing a little bit of this, this conversation, Chris, is that the Twitter loves this. It's like such and such, my goalkeeper, this and my centre half, this and that. Van Dyke is whether he's the best defender in the world or not is always going to be up for debate. It's not, there yes. is no debate that he is in. There, there are no better defenders than Van Dyke. There might be other defenders who are as good. He is as good as you can be as a centre half. But Alan Hansen was. The, Alan Hansen was. Alan Hansen was that. And listen, I, you know, I remember a little bit, and I've seen probably a little bit more than say of Alan Hansen stuff, and he was an unbelievable, yeah. world class centre back. Van Dyke's that. If I'm, if you're asking me to make a Clone Wars fucking central defender, I'm cloning Virgil Van Dyke, not Alan Hansen. Yeah. Because that's the guy who yeah. is the prototype centre back in the yeah. world of football right now. And Alan Hansen could play in this era, but Alan Hansen didn't have to. Yeah. And, and Virgil van Dijk does play in this era. Do, do, like, watch Liverpool sides who've won the league and see how many times they pass the ball back to the goalkeeper. Yeah. You did not need to be a ball playing centre half. He was Alan Hansen was a standout ball playing centre half in, a, in an era where lads could kick the ball five yards to a goalkeeper to yeah. get them out of trouble. Mm-hmm. He looked good because everybody else was shit at it. Yeah. Virgil van Dijk looks like a fucking centre midfielder. Has got the skills. He looks like fucking Jan Molby who can do all the defending. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no question for me. Virgil Van Dijk is a better player for this era of football. Yeah, there's so many fellas over the age of forty who will lose their heads yeah. big time right now. But no, as I said, for me, I don't think there's it's it's a. It, it is what it is. They're both as good a centre half as you can possibly Listen, be. So look, at, look at fucking sprinting 100 pieces. You know what I mean? Everyone thinks that's never going to get broken. There's no one here ever going to run faster than that. Forty years ago. Shit gets better. Yeah. Training gets better. Yeah, right. Diets get better. Goes down half a second. The record Haircuts when you thought, better. you know what I mean? Well, no, no. Oh, so happy that was on time. So Ooh. you know what I mean. To be fair, People just get better be and stuff. And right now we're better. Fo- they're better footballers than they were a few years ago. Could Virgil Van Dijk do it whilst having drunk as much beer 
as as Alan answered, mm. not a chance, not a chance. These these namby pamby modern footballers <laughs> with their weak grass and all that kind of stuff. Nah, they couldn't. They couldn't have handled a session with Liverpool's back four back in the day. So yeah, she'd um, be on the way home and all. Yeah, that. absolutely. Bit of steak, a fat steak before you kick off. Um, Fucking battered burger. There's a great story <laughs> from him. Uh, there's a great yeah. story. Battered Mars bar. It would have been for Hanson actually coming from Scotland, yeah. wouldn't it? From te- the great story from Teddy Sheringham when he come in for, when he's playing for Forest and he came it's in. Wow, um, he came in with a stinking hangover like an hour before the game was kicking off, and he got into the changes, and everyone was already out warming up. And he like went to throw his kit, and he said he was gasping for thirst, and he saw this fresh orange on the side. He was like, "Oh, necked up!" Okay. And he said his mouth was on fire. It was Brian Clough's pre-match cooking <laughs> fresh orange. <laughs> um, anyway, Riley I'll Cook. Take that day. Absolutely. Uh, Riley Cook, lastly to end us off, uh, you're on a desert island. Do you want A, unlimited ham and cheese? Sammy's It's a bad word. I mean, I don't say it. I thought it said Sarnies until I read it. Sammy's 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 or E, just to be Virgil. I don't Van think Dijk. I don't think Riley's really thought through like the five. I think I f- he's just like yeah. I feel he's geared up to the Van Dyke yeah, answer from most. Boat and the salad thing <laughs> and some yeah, sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Are we stuck on the island, by the way, or are we just on one for all of it? Well, a desert <laughs> island, you know. We'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll follow the trope and say that we're stuck. What type know? of a boat is this? What type would you like it to be? A cruise liner. Go ahead, then. Yeah. I'm taking the fucking cruise liner <laughs> yeah. with all the modern amenities. Where's it docking though? I'm give a shit. We'll I'm pulling up in the Albert Dock. On the desert on a desert island. island. No, I'm going to fucking ride it all the way home. How's it no, docking up the on island? the island? I don't give a shit. I'll no, swim to it. You will, I just fucking swim to it. Sound park 100 meters away. Pick us up there, <laughs> lads, and then we're off. Okay. I, I take it. I've got someone to drive this boat, by the way, because I don't. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, that's why I was thinking. Cru- uh, I might not have a cruise liner. It's like saying it's a helicopter, but you can't fly a helicopter like you're sitting and going. You know, it's got to get there, so someone's got to drive it. A big, a big speedboat with loads of petrol in that can get me to the nearest. The nearest island with people on. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't drive the cruise liner, but I reckon if I needed to, I could drive a. So you're saying there's no point in just being Virgil Van Dyke on a desert or, island? Not even like you no. don't even have Mo Salah with you. you. Have his ability to write in the sand. I mean, I'm definitely not taking Mo Salah. Thank you, Riley. That's going to save me on for that terrible, terrible, terrible suggestion. I mean, if you're stuck on there forever and ever, you're stuck on the island. Because there's a chance a boat not, might not do the trick for you. You know, we, you might need a, You know, you, we all, we've all seen Castaway, right? If I've got, it's a, only if like I've got a, little... a cruise line, I might just stay on there. Yeah. It's better than the fucking island. Yeah, so you know what I mean? You're I'm probably eating coconuts and all that. Like, I've got a fucking oven there. Yeah, I'm going to coconuts are. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So I, I think we can all agree that we've got no idea. Um, it, fantastic. I think, I think having gone to Glastonbury on a sunny year, it's shelter, by the way. Fucking shelters much yeah. needed, like Need when you're not, when you're in a, on a desert island. I'm sure. Even a rainy year's worse. What for? Glastonbury. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, also if you've got a limited <laughs> if you've got a limited hamburger sandwich, oh, would you? no, but the, the, your boat could be a shelter as well. It could I think be it's a monsoon season. Yeah. See, we thought we thought that he was gearing up towards one answer. Well, um, if you've got a limit, how many cheese sandwiches? Is that like you take one and it just like magically reappears? Or if you could you make shelter out of all your ham and cheese? Also, they're so so sweaty. You've ever had a sweaty sandwich? It's the worst. It's, it's not good for anything. Yeah, you need to have them like on fucking Voyager where you can just make them straight away. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm a I'm a fan of a, of a, of a room temperature butty, so I'll, I'll disagree. But anyway, you could have a toasty um, if it's dead ass as well. Mix it up, and that. Yeah, you'd be a, you'd, like you'd live for that. Get some leaves, but put, put, you can use the coconuts again for that, as you know, as the weight. 
Yeah, coconut butter. I'm sure you can make butter out of coconut. They make fucking everything. They make fucking oil out of nuts. That's a waffle. How do they make fucking oil out of oil out of nuts? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's bad. The bonus kill. Squeeze it. You know what I mean. What happens? How do they milk almonds? Is this what you're saying? Yeah, how the fuck do you milk an almond? Fucking little teats on it. Nipples. Right, brilliant. If you want more of this random chaos, you can do. Go to the redmentv.com. Sign up. Get your free month and get on the the bonus Q and A. It's a thirty-six. One of them we've done. They're all mad. This is the first one we'll have done with all four of us here, though. Um, so, yeah, get involved. Other than that, thank you very much. Make sure you go and get your Threads for Reds t-shirt and subscribe to me and Chris's brand new channel, Major Payjack. The link will be there. You can go and get involved. If we get to 10K, it's going off big time. So make sure you're part of that, that chaos when it does ensue. Um, guys, thank you very much. You're you're enjoyed. Enjoyed. Just hope that. you've enjoyed it at home. Uh, walk on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.